Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I believe if you approach real estate from a long-term perspective, you can ride out the inevitable ups and downs of economics and just what's happening in the world. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know, Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Arm Celadella. Arn, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. Glad to be here and pleased to have the opportunity to talk to your best ever audience. Absolutely. And thank you for joining us. Before we hop into that conversation, a little bit about Arn's background. He's a full-time real estate investor with 34 years of experience. His portfolio consists of eight rental properties, for total 13 doors, three residential lots, 15 flips, three subdivisions, two condo conversions, and four passive investments. So he has done it all. He is based in Greenville, South Carolina, and his website is Invest with Spark, S-P-A-R-K.com. So Arn, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure, be happy to. So like many of your listeners, I went to college, planned to become a scientist or an educator, got a master's degree in chemistry from the University of Michigan. But then I went into the real estate business back in 1978. So I had the good fortune to grow up on the San Francisco Peninsula, basically above Silicon Valley, and went to work for my father, who was a great mentor, taught me the brokerage business, as well as the investing aspect of real estate. And I had the good fortune to work there for 35, 40 years, and probably one of the best real estate markets in the world. So you have seen a lot of market cycles of ups and downs. So I think maybe a good place to start would be, how do you see what's going on right now? This is recording this in August 19th. So how do you compare what's going on right now to previous recessions? And maybe kind of talk to us about the mindset that you have after experiencing a lot of these recessions, as opposed to someone who just started investing in real estate in 2009 or 10 and has only experienced growth and hasn't seen the other side? That's a great question. And hopefully I can help your listeners feel okay about what's going on. So certainly COVID is something new to me. I think it's new to all of us. But I can tell you, I bought my first house 1980 and paid 11 and three quarters percent on my mortgage. And I was happy to get 11 and three quarters. Seems like a lot today, but six months later, rates were up to about 16%. Been through the dot-com boom, through the dot-com bust, various cycles, resolution trusts. Not many people remember the SNL crisis, I believe, in the early 1990s. So there have been various cycles. And in general, I'm an optimistic person. And I believe if you approach real estate from a long-term perspective, you can ride out the inevitable ups and downs of economics and just what's happening in the world. So I'm optimistic about the future. I'm continuing to invest. Fortunately, my rentals have done well on collections and have had no issues there. And I think by and large, from what I understand, rent collections on most residential multifamily properties has remained pretty good even through the COVID issue. So it's kind of the three options. You either don't do anything, 
you don't buy, you don't sell, you just chill. The other option is to sell something or all of it. And the other option is to buy. So based off of your experience, again, with these previous real estate cycles, what are you doing that would be your advice to other people? So first of all, I would say don't panic. That would be rule number one. And I think hunkering down, getting a read on what's going on is good. But I also believe there's always opportunities to buy and sell depending on your particular situation. And I would say if you're in good real estate investments, cash flowing, you're properly capitalized, you can ride out the downtimes while still be looking for opportunities. Right now, what I'm doing is I've started to transition my actively managed rental portfolio into passive investments. So over the last six months, I've probably made four passive investment in multifamily syndications, primarily in the Southeast, but also elsewhere in the United States. And I've generally sold one of my rentals and made a passive investment. So I think there's opportunities to transition one's portfolio at any time. And I think it's just a matter of keeping your wits about you and evaluating and making good decisions. Before I ask you about the passive, you mentioned something about, if you said if you approach real estate from a long-term perspective, then you're going to be able to write out the ups and downs. And you kind of mentioned cash flowing and being property capitalized. Is that what you mean? That when you buy properties for cash flow and don't be over leveraged, is that what you mean by long-term? Well, what I would believe is if you invest in real estate and you have a long-term perspective, which is five to 10 years, I would say the overwhelming majority of the time, those investments will prove to be a positive factor in your life. Certainly, you don't want to get over leveraged because if you're in a situation where you're over leveraged, you may be put in a situation where you have to sell when the market is not ideal. And I believe people can get themselves in trouble that way. But if you have good, solid properties, properly leveraged, that are paying for themselves, then yes, time is on your side and you can just ride out the down cycle. So as I mentioned in the intro, you've got your active investments, but you've also have passive investments. You said that you made four passive investments recently. So is this something that you're doing because you just don't want to be active investor anymore? Or are you doing it because you think that it's a better use of money being invested passively in these larger apartment vacations as opposed to doing your own deals? It's a great question. And I would say it's a combination of both. I'm 65 years old now, and I do not want to be as involved in the day-to-day management of the property. There are a lot of things I want to do. I have several passions that I enjoy. I've loved actively managing my real estate portfolios over the last 30 years. But I'm just at a point in my life where I want less day-to-day responsibility. So I think freeing up my time is one part of the answer. The other part is 
generally coming from the San Francisco Bay Area, most of my investments have been more in appreciation markets than cash flow markets. And in looking at my return on my equity on a cash flow basis, it is lower than what I can achieve through multifamily syndications. So my purpose of transitioning my portfolio is to free up my time and also increase my cash flow. So those are the two main things. And I'd like to help other investors who have a similar history to me. I'd like to help them perhaps consider transitioning into more passive multifamily investments. Are you able to do these passive investments? Because you said that you sold a property. Is it 1031 into the passive investment? Is that kind of like your strategy? It's pretty difficult to 1031 into a passive investment. So I have to pay Uncle Sam a little bit of money, but we pay Uncle Sam on every dollar we ever make and real estate gets taxed less than our typical ordinary income. The other thing that will help me is most of these syndications I've invested in have large first year, uh, I believe it would be called bonus depreciation, where in the first year, I'll receive a K-1 with a relatively sizable tax loss. Since I am considered an active real estate professional, I'm able to apply that passive loss against any other income. So in my particular situation, I'm hoping the bonus depreciation, which by the way, expires, I believe in a year or two, will be used to offset some or most of my capital gain. Yes. I just interviewed someone, he's the GP and he had a dealer contract before the COVID outbreak. So I think he said February and then COVID happened and he lost the British lender He's able to get an agency loan with really low interest rate, but he's also able to negotiate a pretty large discount on the purchase price. So from your perspective, when you're analyzing these passive investment deals and assuming that they're doing the same thing, right? They're getting a discount and they're assuming some sort of reduction in income that first year or something. Do you think that the returns that you're seeing projected are going to be lower than what you actually see those things turn around? Well, that's a $64 million question. And of course, it all comes down to the skill and integrity of the operator, of the syndicator, and how he or she goes about his or her business. So I would say most of the passive investments I've made, price reductions have been able to be negotiated. Probably not as big as people think. What I'm kind of seeing is maybe three, five, seven percent off pre-COVID pricing. So there's no fire sale, at least not yet. There's no panic. So I believe the prices have been negotiated down a little bit. I think the underwriting has been tightened up. I'm looking at one possible investment now where the operator's projecting a decrease of $100,000 year one in rental income. So not only are they projecting flat, they're actually projecting a decrease. And I appreciate the integrity of an operator who does that. I think what counterbalances it all out is the unbelievable interest rates you can get on agency debt. One of the partnerships I'm in, I believe we got 2.88% 
10 years with maybe three or four years of interest only. So I believe the rates, and again, I bought my first house at 11 and three quarters. So when you're talking 2.88, 2.88, it's like they're giving money away. So I think the financing available now compensates for the potential issues. Eventually we'll work our way through COVID and I'm optimistic about the future. So even with these passive investments, I'm looking more five, seven, 10 years down the road, where am I gonna be? Not as concerned about what's happening three months from now. Okay, Arn, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? My best ever real estate advice, and this may go counter to many of the the people on your podcast would be slow and steady wins the race. Consistent investment over time will lead to financial freedom. In my investing, I focused on solid line drive base hits. I'm not interested in the grand slam. I kind of don't trust that. I'd rather do it slow and steady. So I believe there's kind of a logical sequence to investing, to gaining knowledge, and that that sequence is beneficial over time. All right, Arn, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I think so. All right, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Okay, Aaron, what is the best ever book you've recently read? Well, since I'm starting a new investment group, Spark Investment Group, the best book I've recently read is Building a Story Brand by Don Miller, which gives some good advice on how to best brands oneself and so forth. So it's a fascinating book and it's been a big help for me. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Honestly, and I'll say this without trying to be flippant, I'd probably go play golf. Because after all, isn't the point of this real estate investing, passive investing is to create passive income, to create financial freedom. And over four decades of real estate investing, I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that. So I'd probably get bored playing golf at a certain point and then maybe go back to selling houses like I did 20 years ago. Tell us about the best ever deal you've done. The best ever deal was a flip that a wholesaler sent me. The property was an old beat up house, fairly good size, but it was on an acre and I had a good feeling it could be subdivided. So I bought the house, we subdivided the land, created two additional lots, fixed up the house, sold that. I sold the two lots I created to builders and probably had about a 30% return over 18 months. So that was one of my better ones. What is the best ever way you like to give back? 
Well, I'll return to golf. So I've played golf since I was eight years old, and it's a passion of mine. So I now volunteer at the first tee of the Upstate, which introduces young kids to golf, but even more importantly, uses golf as a way to instore core values, principles, character, integrity, honesty. So it's a great program, and I love being involved with youth and sports. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Best ever place would be my cell, 650-575-6114, or my email, which is arn, A-R-N, at investwithspark.com. All right, Arn, thanks for joining us today and providing us with your wisdom on how to... <laughs> Not sure about that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> how to continuously thrive in real estate through the various ups and downs so you talked about how you bought your first house at a 11.75 interest rate. And then you said that it actually went up to 16. I knew that, but it's just funny because now you say that you're going to deal where the interest rate is 3%. So it's a huge difference between when you started off to where you now. You said that you went through all the various ups and downs and that it's really about having a long-term perspective on real estate. Thinking in terms of 5, 10 plus years as opposed to thinking what's going to happen a few months from now. So he said that it means not being over leveraged and it means making sure the property can at least pay for itself so you're not forced to sell. In regards to what's going on now with COVID, you said that hunkering down is totally fine, but you also think that there are always going to be opportunities to sell depending on where you're at in your business. And you mentioned that right now you're transitioning from active to passive. You've made four passive investments in the past year. And that the reason why it's one, to free up your time, but two, because a lot of your deals are in these appreciation markets. The cash flow that you get in these markets is not nearly as high as the cash flow you can get on these negation deals. So that's why, as you mentioned, sometimes it makes sense to buy, sometimes it makes sense to sell or do both during these types of economic environments. We talked about what these sponsors are doing to conservatively underwrite their deals, price reductions, underwriting lower year one incomes compared to T12s and then the fact that the interest rates are just insanely low and then your best ever advice was the slow and steady wins the race being consistent over time following that logical sequence will result in financial freedom and if you're a base hit line drive kind of guy as opposed to the home run grand slam you don't trust the grand slams you like the consistent steady investments so Arn appreciate you coming on and speaking with us today best ever listeners as always Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo.